I love video games so much. I'm pretty fond of this podcast, too. They're fun. This is fun. Video games are fun. Well, not all games. Echo the Dolphin's not really that fun, but most games are fun. You know what isn't fun? Buying razor blades. And my friends over at Harry's agree. And that's why they started their company. And I don't understand why anybody would buy razors from anyone else. I'm super serial. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG and pick up a $3 trial set to find out for yourself why I'm so damn serial about this. Harry's makes the best razor blades out there and they ship them right to your front door. I don't think I'm allowed to lie in these, but I'm not anyways. I've been using Harry's for years and I've never considered going anywhere else. The blades come in this awesome little container that's easy to travel with and keeps them sharp and clean and the razor handle doesn't look like a piece of plastic out of cyberpunk. Those handles are great for high school kids with peach fuzz but you're a man now. Shave like one. And it's not just the blades. Looking good is great but smelling good is just as important. Harry's has skin softening body wash with scents like stone, wildlands, and redwood. I don't want to smell like plastic. I want to smell like a man. They have awesome smelling deodorant for $5, hair products, grooming supplies, everything you need to go from a five to a nine. Well, like an eight, and we don't want to overpromise. Well, like an eight, at least. Harry's offers subscriptions so you can get your blades and supplies when you need them, and you can feel free to cancel at any time, but you won't want to, I promise. Listen to me. Harry's is legit. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just three bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 105 and we are talking Super Mario World again. It is Super Mario World Revisited. Uh, Every 10 episodes moving forward. I want to revisit some of the heavy-hitting legendary games that we covered back in the very early days of the show uh, and give them the episode and the attention that they deserve now that I've got a slightly better idea of what I'm doing. And I do I can't stress enough that it is a slightly better idea. Uh, I was going to call these episodes remasters, like Super Mario World Remastered, but I don't want people downloading the episode thinking they've missed out on a remaster of the game or something and then yelling at me for having a misleading title. So uh, with that said, this is our first game revisiting. And you're damn right we're talking Super Mario World. This is the greatest video game ever made. My guest is Mark McHugh, a potential Hall of Famer. And we went for over an hour on this game. And we were like, we still had more to say, but we had other shit we had to do. Uh, so get ready for a long one. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope it lives up to the hype. And before that, there's lots to get into. This has been a busy week in the world of gaming, in the world of Remember the Game. So uh, let's get to it. This past Sunday, 
we talked about the first half of 2020 as far as gaming goes. And I'm telling you guys, like this really could end up going down as the best year in the history of video games. For as shitty as it is outside of gaming, it's been insane. Like a ton of you wrote in with your highlights, your thoughts, your comments on the last six months. And uh, and there's so much variety and like stuff that you were excited about and stuff that has made this year special for you so far. Um, and just the simple gigantic list of different things people have been pumped about shows just how crazy this year has been. Uh, and just you can access that episode along with all of our previous bonus podcasts by supporting us over on Patreon for just $2, just like our newest supporters, Chris Campbell, Craig Kilcup, and Curtis White. That's a lot of cuz. Uh, did thanks very much Chris Craig and Curtis that's fucking I like that that's sweet uh, and thank you so much for all of you to all of you that support us over there you make this show possible you guys I'm putting a lot more time and a lot more effort into it now uh, and you guys are making that happen so again if you are interested in supporting us it's only two bucks a month you get a shout out on the show you can submit questions vote in polls and you get access to expansion pass with his which is our patreon exclusive show that we publish every single Sunday. Uh, and like I said, you can submit questions and comments and stuff just like Stupid Monkey did. He wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, just wanted to say thank you for your show and everything you do. It's such fun listening to it twice a week as my one and only Patreon subscription and listening to the different games, both the ones from my childhood and the ones that I had never played. More than a few of my purchases since I started listening have been because of your praise for the games, including Ori, Shovel Knight, and The Messenger, all phenomenal games. Well done. Admittedly, yes, I know you in person, but this show is so up my alley, it would become my favorite to listen to on a weekly basis regardless. Thanks for all you do and the time and effort you put into the show and the Let's Plays. Uh, dude, thank you very much. That was a really nice letter. And listen, I know that's 100% self-indulgent on my part to read that here on the show, but it felt really nice. And I want to say back at you guys as well, like the kind words, the support, the positivity in this community and the energy that you guys throw at me is absolutely phenomenal. And I really do hope that it comes through in the show how much I appreciate it because it's, it's fuck yeah. Like it's just, I'm so proud of the community that we have grown here over the last two years. So uh, patreon.com slash remember the game. Please consider supporting us if you can. It's only two bucks. I give you a ton of stuff for your money. Um, like I mentioned last Sunday's expansion pass, we look back at 2020. And this Sunday, I'm going to review Slay the Spire because I have been begging begging you guys to play that game for months and over the last couple of weeks you guys have started sending me screenshots and messages on twitter and stuff of you playing it telling me you're hooked and you discovered it from me sucking its dick literally every week so if you were ever ever going to listen to me on a game recommendation it is this one i'll explain why you need to play it this sunday uh, it's on everything now including mobile like it's you can literally play it on everything it's absolutely phenomenal so fucking place play the spire we'll tell you why on sunday uh let's get into the news speaking of that i have been teasing a gaming news youtube series forever and unless something goes horribly wrong which very well might happen uh the first episode of old man yells at the cloud which is my youtube gaming series will be up on youtube by the time you hear this i'm going over the release of the new lego nes it's only a few minutes long it's very silly it's something i'm going to try to get into i'm trying to do more work on youtube not only because i feel like it'd be a great way to grow the show but comedy is still slow and i've got time on my hands i'm trying to learn more about editing and i'm trying to interact with you guys more and put out more content so youtube.com slash remember the game there's let's plays there you can find the episodes of the show you'll start finding old man yells at the cloud when news jumps out at me 
Um, so that's over there. Check that out. And in other news, aside from talking Lego, we're getting new SNES and NES online games uh, in classic Nintendo fashion. Someone at Nintendo HQ has just randomly decided to upload a few games. Uh, that story broke like fucking hours after I released the show, as always seems to happen. Uh, but they'll be available to play today, actually. If you're listening to this on Wednesday the 15th, they're available now for you to go on there and download. Uh, the big one that everyone is obviously excited about is The Immortal on the NES. Uh, I know. Uh, I've honestly never heard of this game. It's cool. I mean, I'll take more games for my 25 bucks, but I have no idea what The Immortal is. Uh, that's on the NES. And then on the SNES side, we are getting uh, Natsume Championship Wrestling, which people are poo-pooing all over. But as far as I'm concerned, without even ever playing it, it's already the best wrestling game available on the Switch because Fire Pro isn't here. And fuck WWE 2K18. That game sucks. Uh, And of course, the big one is we're getting Donkey Kong Country, uh, which I'm really jacked about. Man, I'm really fucking... I love that game. But in classic internet fashion, this is a game that people have been asking for since Super Nintendo games came to the Switch last fall. We finally got it. And right, right away, if you go in the comments on Nintendo's tweet about it, it's, well, where's Donkey Kong Country 2? And it's like, if they give you two, you'll be like, well, where's Donkey Kong Country 3? Where's Chrono Trigger? Where? I get it, all right? I understand. We all want more of these games. But dude, we're getting one. Just fucking. I'm pretty excited. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Like, I want two and three as well. We're gonna get them eventually. But this game is, and I don't care what anybody says, every bit as good as Super Mario World. If you haven't played it, slap yourself for me and then fire it up and play through Donkey Kong Country. It's only a few hours long for you to beat it. It's such a great game. It's pretty fucking exciting if you've got Nintendo online. Um, I feel like I defend this service every time we get new games on it. But for 25 bucks a year, Canadian, it's like 20 bucks in the States, whatever you get, like now you're getting access to like 60 or 65 NES games, about 30 SNES games, all with online compatibility. There's cloud saves and all that good stuff. And I know people want the virtual console back. Um, I loved the virtual console too, but I prefer this. SNES games were eight bucks on the Wii U. So if you bought Super Mario World, Donkey Kong Country, and Link to the Past, you would have paid $24 plus tax. You've already paid that. And in addition to getting those three games, you have so many other great games. And I know there's a lot of crap on there, but there was a lot of crap on the virtual console too. You get all the Marios, you get the Zeldas. You just, just there's a lot of great games on Nintendo Online. It's a great bargain for 20, 25 bucks, whatever it is, wherever you live. Uh, Robert Lippa wrote in over on the, on the old Patreon device. And he said, I'm happy more people will be able to play Donkey Kong country, but having the SNES classic myself, it really doesn't do much for me. I'd like to see Nintendo 64 on there. Even if I had to purchase the games, uh, individually. Now I will say, cause I also have it on my SNES classic. There's actually a let's play of it on our YouTube channel, uh, that I recorded off my SNES classic, but having it portable is still a pretty big deal to me. And I agree with you. Like, I would have preferred a game that I don't have access to maybe, but to have Donkey Kong Country anywhere I want, anytime I want, anywhere I go is pretty rad. Plus I could play it online with one of my friends or my nephew or something if I want to. I could play it on the couch while I'm watching TV with my girlfriend. So I'm still going to count it as a win, but I get what you're saying. And as far as Nintendo 64 goes, I would like that too, a lot. I would love to see Nintendo 64 or Game Boy Advance games on the Switch. We bring it up all the time. I think GBA is more likely the Nintendo 64 because my understanding is that emulating the Nintendo 64 is really difficult to do well but I think we're probably going to get both at some point 
Um, and it'll just be on the online where you don't have to pay for them unless they increase the subscription price or something. Um, the thing is like a lot of people's Nintendo online subscriptions are up for renewal in September. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's when we get one of them. That's when we got SNES last year, right before people's subscriptions were due. Nintendo's not stupid. They know what they're doing. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we see one of them rolled out in September, maybe with an increase in the online pricing, like I said, but we'll see. And even that would be fine if they made it 35 or even 45 bucks a year, but threw in a bunch of Nintendo 64 GBA games or something. I'd be like, sure. I don't even fuck. I'll pay that. Like still way cheaper than PlayStation and Xbox. And I know the online's not as good and there's no voice chat. I get all that. Still a board, you get better games and it's a way better deal. Um, another, thanks for the, re- the letter, dude, uh, the email. Another big story from this week was uh, Ubisoft, the game company. They premiered uh, some games and showed some stuff off with uh, their first ever Ubisoft Forward uh, event on Sunday, Saturday, whatever, uh, sometime this weekend, which was a, which was just basically a Nintendo direct. And I feel like everyone is doing those now. Microsoft has had them. Sony's had them. Ubisoft has had them. EA has had them. Uh, it feels like everyone is doing Nintendo directs except Nintendo now. Uh, although I will say for the record, there's a ton of rumors floating around. We get one this month and I believe them. I do think we get one this month. I fuck. I hope so. Cause Nintendo's covered once paper Mario jobs is pretty bare moving forward. Uh, Ubisoft showed off some great games. I actually thought it was, I really enjoyed it. I watched it. I thought it was a pretty good presentation. Uh, they showed off some cool stuff, some stuff I don't really care about. There was like a battle Royale game. And I just quickly wanted to mention on that, like, is that genre not quickly just becoming ridiculously overdone? Um, and I just don't see how you put money into developing one of those games and like, how do you compete with the bat, the big guys at the top, like Fortnite? I just, without a twist, I feel like you're just wasting your money. Like Tetris 99 is awesome. Obviously it's not as big as those games, but it's got a twist. I personally would love to see a twisted metal battle Royal where you're in the cars. I think that'd be sick, but whatever. I digress that it's, I'm not here to bitch about the stuff I didn't like the stuff that did stand out to me. The first was watchdogs Legion, which I thought looked absolutely fantastic. I've never played a watchdogs game, but they've always intrigued me. And that one got my attention right off the hop. I'll be keeping an eye on that for sure. And then far cry six was the game they closed out with. That was the game I was most excited about going in. It's why I watched the presentation. Gus from breaking bad is the bad guy. I like the far cry games a lot already and on next gen that game is going to be fucking sick i cannot wait it's uh scheduled to come out in february of next year until it inevitably gets delayed because that's what games do uh i'm not trying to be that guy i don't want to be that negative weenie uh they also talked about the next assassin's creed and i have to say in case anyone on here is a big assassin's creed fan and wants to hear my thoughts i just don't care about that franchise i just i've never gotten into it i'm not trying to poo poo it i know some people love it that's totally rad i just i'm it's just Big open world games aren't really my jam to begin with, and I played the first couple AC games, and I thought they were really neat, but I got bored of them quick. It's just not my jam, but people like them. Ubisoft keeps churning them out, so clearly they're making a ton of money, uh, so that's cool. A couple of you wrote in about the Ubisoft presentation. Uh, Evan Refuse wrote in. I hope I've seen your last name right, Evan. And Evan said, uh, why not just make a Viking game? <laughs> like, what the fuck does this have to do with Assassins? Full disclosure, I haven't played these games since Black Flag, which I loved, to be fair. Uh, I also quite don't understand the Viking thing. It's like Assassin's Creed Viking. I don't know what the fuck it's actually called. Uh, but I thought you were supposed to be like a samurai or something in these games. I'm not sure why they suddenly decided to go with Vikings. Maybe they just decided it's time for a change. I don't know if that's something they're doing a lot regularly now. But uh, a lot of the comments that I've seen have been pretty anti-Viking when it comes to the new Assassin's Creed game. 
And then OG Big Titus wrote in and said, uh, I have a question. Do you think it's a bit tone deaf of them to have a massive trade show like that when seemingly half of their big wigs were just fired or resigned due to their conduct earlier in the week? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, uh, like in a perfect world, none of us would support companies where the powers that be are just slimy grease balls, but then we'd all be living in caves with absolutely nothing to do. So, I mean, I guess I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm sure like the thing is, is I don't think canceling it is easy. Like I'm sure their plan was to do this at E3 and then E3 got canceled and then they started promoting this event and rescheduled it for now. And now that they cancel this with Sony and Xbox dropping all their next gen info all the time, Xbox has a big presentation coming up in like another week. Uh, Sony, there's rumors that we're going to see a PS5 price any day now. Uh, I feel like, although I will say I called that they weren't going to drop the price yesterday and they didn't. It was, it was all these rumors on Monday the 13th that the price was just going to come out of nowhere. And it's like, no fucking way are they just going to drop that price on a Monday 10 days before Xbox does. I still don't think we see that price before Xbox's presentation. But anyway, as far as Ubisoft goes, I don't think, I just don't think the logistics would allow them to cancel it again. Um, I agree though. It, it's, it's, it's a tough spot. Uh, they didn't really address it either, which like, which I get from a business perspective because they just want you to buy their games and like them. But I, I think if it had been my call, I would have started the presentation by at least addressing it and saying it's unacceptable. We want to be better. I know those statements are cliche and meaningless, but saying nothing is a little worse, in my opinion. And you could argue that like maybe people don't know about those, but I don't think people, I, I can't imagine there were a ton of people watching the Ubisoft presentation that haven't seen anything about Ubisoft being shitty, right? Like that, to me, the people watching those are the people that are into games. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Overall, I thought it was pretty good. I really wanted a Mario and Rabbids uh, debut, and uh, we didn't see anything. But they also have said that they're going to be holding another one in the fall, so maybe it'll be there. And like I mentioned earlier, Nintendo's cupboards are pretty bare right now for the fall. Holidays are right around, or and and for the holidays, and it feels it seems like a, that. Fuck, am I just? I sorry, lost complete track of my thoughts there as I was trying to say that. I wanted a Mario and Rabbids game. They did not announce it. But they're holding another one in the fall. Maybe we'll get it there because Nintendo's got nothing coming up for Christmas right now. Sure would be a great time to announce another Rabbids game. And uh, play that game if you haven't and you want a Switch. It goes on sale for like 20 bucks every two days. Phenomenal tactical strategy game. Really, really fun. Uh, and then finally, before I get into what I've been playing, it's letter time. It's letter time. And this one comes... I fucking suck so hard at singing that. Today's letter comes from Joe Gillespie over on the old Patreon service. And Joe said, hey, man, I'm trying to get a GameCube, but I'm wondering what you think is a fair price these days. I'm not going to pretend to be a collector in the know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but I will say that I bought mine last year used, and I paid 30 bucks for it. But then I also had to buy a power cord separately, and then I had to snag an adapter to be able to hook it up to the HDMI input on my TV. Uh, the power cord was like 20 bucks. I think the adapter cost me about 20 bucks and it all works really well now. So I was into it for about $70. Uh, I saw quite a few online without games for about 50. So, uh, well, obviously without an adapter as well. So personally, I wouldn't pay more than $50 for a GameCube with a controller and the hookups. If I've got to shell out another 20 for an adapter, that's not the end of the world. Um, but I mean, it gets, it's, it's not cheap, man. Like I wouldn't pay more than 50, especially when you consider that you probably got to get an adapter, you need more controllers if you want to play any of the multiplayer games, which are most of the good GameCube games, memory cards, which aren't easy to find these days. And then the good games aren't cheap at all because there's not a ton of GameCubes out there. And those games aren't fucking available anywhere. If you want to play Mario Sunshine, Thousand Year Door, Luigi's Mansion, any of the 
the fucking sports games. Like, it's not easy, man. Double Dash. So I wouldn't pay more than 50. Another thing I would say is if you want to play GameCube games, don't forget that the Wii is compatible with GameCube games. You could probably find a Wii cheaper too because there's so fucking many of them out there. Then you just need the controller. So that's just another option just to keep in mind. And then there's like two good Wii games you could play as well, the Mario Galaxy games. So um, it fucking really sucks that there are so many great games on the GameCube that are just stuck there in purgatory and we can't get our hands on them. It's just... It's the only retro console that I own now other than my mini consoles, and I fucking love that thing. So that's just, I'm just saying, for me. I, I would, yeah, GameCube's a great investment. Just, I wouldn't pay more than $50. Okay, what are we at here? Fuck me, 18 minutes. That's long enough. What have I been playing over the last seven days? I finished Final Fantasy on the NES. It took me around 30 hours. I used a walkthrough. I used save states. I don't fucking care. I don't want to get any super big details on it right now. We're going to be podcasting about it in the next week or so, but it was a lot of fun. I've also fallen hard back into Slay the Spire. I play a couple hours a night after dinner now. Uh, again, expansion pass this Sunday. I'll explain why that game is so great. I've been playing a little bit of Witcher 3 on my Switch because it's become it's kind of become my game between games game. You know, I want to finish it before Cyberpunk 2077 comes out, and then I'll probably play Cyberpunk until Witcher 4 fucking comes out, which will take like 10 years. Um, and then this Friday, I'm going to dive into either Paper Mario or Ghost of Tsushima based on reviews, probably Paper Mario. And I still got to jump into Pokemon Emerald, which won the Patreon poll too. So there's so many games to play, but none of them are better than Super Mario World. And that is our topic of episode 105 this week on the show. As I said, we covered this game all the way back on episode number one. We're going back there today. I hope this episode lives up to the hype and you guys enjoy it. It's a long one. Get comfortable. I'm going to cue some music. And Mark McHugh and I are going to talk about Super Mario World, which originally released in North America alongside the Super Nintendo, the greatest game ever, the greatest console ever, on August 23rd, 1991. Kick back, relax, enjoy this week's episode, you guys. Here we go. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, we all need somebody. Your spouse, your friends, your family. Lean on me. When you're not strong. I hope my singing didn't ruin your day. But the point is, we all need relationships. And unfortunately, they're not always easy. They take work. My substantially better half and I have put more work into our relationship than just about anything I've ever touched. And that's how she's been able to stand me for so long. It's give and take. And therapy can be a great way to help balance the taking with the giving. I've been beating this drum for a while and I will continue to beat. Talking to a therapist is one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's almost like a massage for your mind. My therapist has helped me be a better partner, friend, and person. And honestly, sometimes they've just been a great ear to bend when I need to vent about the stress in my life. And therapy can help anyone. You don't have to have been through some crazy trauma to reap the benefits of talking to somebody. If any of this is getting through and you're thinking about giving therapy a shot, consider better help. I've used them myself, and they're legit when they say they make therapy as convenient and accommodating as possible. Fill out a short questionnaire, and they'll match you with a licensed therapist that suits your needs, and you schedule appointments around your schedule. And all of your sessions are done online or over the phone, so you can squeeze in a mind massage when it works best for you. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RememberTheGame. Mm-hmm. 
So this is going to be the first of our remake episodes, as I'll probably have already explained in the intro for 15 minutes. And joining me this week to talk about the greatest video game of all time uh, is is potential future Hall of Famer. No longer banned, but certainly not back in the hall right away. And that is Mark Tholomew McHugh on the telephone device. How's it going, buddy? Doing all right. I'm pretty sure I won that poll, though. Wow, but the results are skewed because you voted in it. That's like that's horseshit. I know that like I know that like Donald Trump can vote for himself and like Justin Trudeau could vote for himself. I think they can. But like I don't care. We didn't have a big enough voting pool and I can't see all of the votes on Instagram, so I can't tell how many actual yes and no's there was, just the percentage. So we'll see. But you're you're on we'll just say that you're on the ballot next year and we'll go from there. <laughs> so congratulations on being unbanned. So, all right congratulations and now with that said we're we're talking to a potential hall of famer about a bona fide locked in first ballot grand slam no doubt locked in hall of famer and that is the iconic super mario world for the super nintendo mark i fucking is, i'm excited this is the very first game i ever played really so this is yeah this game is very near and dear to my heart oh dude i'll tell you mark like I don't, just about every video game, you can find somebody out there that criticizes it. I mean, you look at some of the most, like, everybody loves Ocarina of Time. I criticize that game. And I also criticize Super Mario World, or pardon me, Super Mario 64. There's, it doesn't, like, I mean, Link to the, I've never seen anyone, the only two games that I can't find anyone shitting on are Link to the Past and Super Mario World. Those are, like, I've never seen a bad review of those games from anybody, ever. I mean, there's definitely stuff that you could see say like that are like oh well maybe this isn't perfect but all of those things are like it wasn't perfect in compared to later titles yeah yeah dude i just i mean like i i mean everybody listening to this show knows like i have a hard on for the super nintendo i have a hard on for super mario world and the thing is is to me super mario world launching with the super nintendo like the super nintendo was a legitimate evolution of the nes and everything the nes did the super nintendo was just like it wasn't like the consoles today where they're like, oh yeah, by the way, look at all our new extra features. Like you can stream from this thing and, and record and blah, blah, and all that shit. The Super Nintendo was just like, hey, we're just going to do everything we were doing before, but do it better. And frankly, this was the last time Nintendo did that. Because every, every, yeah. every console since the Super Nintendo, they added some wacky fucking thing for better or worse. I mean, the N64 had like the rumble pack that was annoying. Well, well and like, it, and at, it had the, the at the very least, it would, yeah, it had the analog. But at the very least, it would still like put in the cartridge, hit play, hit the power button. You're playing the game. That's it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but they, they, it's but like they, every, they added like the analog and the rumble packet stuff, and then the GameCube obviously switched to these weird little discs and had all this other shit with the weird controller and stuff. And then the Wii was fucking. Ugh. and then the wii u and then the switch the super nintendo was really just the nintendo on steroids and what i one of the many things i adore about super mario world is it was mario 3 jacked up on steroids and i was like that's all i want is just give me these games i love but make them all better and the fact that you started gaming with super mario world is like you came in right at the top i know i'm biased because i love this game but you came in right at the fucking top you never had an nes oh absolutely Absolutely. I remember my parents brought it home and my dad and I spent the night playing this game. And I remember we got as far as Iggy's Castle, the first one. That's Iggy, right? No, I think the first one's Larry. 
No, the last one. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of Mario uh, 3. Larry's the first guy in Mario 3. So we got to Iggy, and we got to that boss, and I just remember my dad going like, why am I in a boat with a duck right now? (laughs) Why am I in a boat with a duck? Oh, yeah, because it was that floating, the tilting island. Because, yeah, you're like on a boat of some sort with what looks like a duck. He doesn't look like a duck. I guess a your, little bit. Your dad, yeah, I guess your dad's probably old. <laughs> so I, well, again, uh, this is like the first. This is the first game system that my parents, like my parents, weren't gamers. Right. They like they bought this and they're like, oh, the kids might like this. And then we played it. And then like they also bought like a tennis game that like only they played. But oh, was it Super Tennis? Super Tennis. Yeah. Oh, you hear that? Certain person that listens to the show that's always sitting on me and telling me how great Super Tennis is and how everybody should be playing Super Tennis. Only lame old people, no offense to your parents, play Super Tennis because that game fucking yeah. sucks and it's never getting an episode of the show ever. I've played it on like the SNES like uh, online Switch online. It's it's a game, I guess. It doesn't do anything for me. Like if you're gonna play a tennis game, like. Uh, give me something like give me something like Mario Tennis, something give me, that has like some bells and whistles to it. Don't just, just be like this is a very straightforward tennis game. Here's how they're going to announce the game. Play. I do, oh, I fucking, oh, I hate it. I just don't play tennis. Just unless it's Mario Tennis, just don't play tennis. I just oh, that makes me so. I promise everybody because I know, dude, this is a hyped up episode. There's a lot of people excited to hear us talk Super Mario World, and I promise we're gonna get into Super Mario World in a second. But when you said that the other game you had was Super Tennis, and you were like, it kind of was like, man, my parents played it. That makes me so happy because I fucking hate that game, <laughs> and I know there are people out there with a hard on for Super Tennis, and I know one of them is listening right now. He's probably already texted me, being like, "Fuck you," because he's so passionate about <laughs> Super Tennis, and like that game can suck my ass. It's literally the right, exact so this opposite. is also kind of an episode about Super Tennis. Super yeah. Tennis is bland and boring, and it's fucking nothing. Oh, so your first two games were Super Mario World and Super Tennis? Super Tennis, and then later we got Super Soccer as well. Oh, Jesus. Why would you? Which but you is, had Super Mario World. Why do you even need those other but ones? we had Super Mario World. And then like later we got Link to the Past, but we got it in French. and But we started... <laughs> yeah, like seriously. The there's wrong a, there's, with you? There is a fret, like, because it was the only one we could find. And actually, my babysitter, like, he brought over a bunch of games and he left them there. And he's like, you can have them for 10 bucks. And one of them was A Link to the Past, but we couldn't find it in English anywhere. So I did, we just played through it in French. Oh and I God. don't speak French, so it was very frustrating. That's but awesome. we started, the Alpha and Omega for me for gaming was Super Mario World. Oh, dude, this game, so like, because I, I grew up with an NES. I was an NES junkie. I played Mario 1 and Mario 3 a trillion times and stuff. But I remember playing this game at my friend's house once. And then just, and I, I I'm, I'm telling you, that was like, you every every human being has moments they look back on where they're like, my life literally changed in that moment. And the first time I played this game, my addiction went from like, I really like video games to just full blown, put it in my veins, fucking up the note. Like I, (laughs) I just, this game, I don't care what anyone says. This game is still gorgeous in 2020. Like it looked great, obviously when it came out in like 93, I think it was. And it's still gorgeous here in 2020. It looks so fucking good, Mark. And like the best part is it's like it's infinitely replayable. Oh, and it's sorry, it's ninety one, not ninety three. I don't want anyone fucking yelling at me. It came out ninety one. Yeah. 
Shut up. It is infinitely. Anyway, but that that makes it even better. That's even more impressive. Yeah, it is. Yeah, fucking right. It's dude. It's crazy to me that this game will be thirty years old next year. Uh, and you're right. It is. It's it's so re- like. I I mean I love Mario. Period. But there's yeah, like, like go back and look at the NES Mario games. They're fun, but like they don't even touch how great this game. is. No, I agree Just with like, that. There are countless pathways you can take. There's like, like I've never understood like the debate. Palaces, there's, like there's a debate between Super Mario Three and Super Mario World, and there's like a legitimately active debate about which is the better game. And I'm like, dude, don't get me wrong. Like Mario Three is like it's a masterpiece as well. Like it's a fucking 9.9 out of 10. It's really good. But I just don't understand. Like, I don't, I, you can't tell like, I, there's not one thing about Mario three that I prefer to super Mario world with the possible exception of the fact that you could store items in Mario three. But half the reason you could store items was because you didn't have that giant overworld to go around on and you didn't have a save point. So it was like, you either beat it or you're it's over. Right. Like, like literally. Yeah, super Mario. That's the thing that really undoes Super Mario. Like, obviously, now we can play with save states and stuff, but like Mario Three, like trying to play it back in the day, it's it's almost impossible. You can't beat it in one sitting. It takes a lot. Like it's like it's funny because, well, it's really. I was about to say it's a long game, but it's funny because like Super Mario World is like it's. I can sit down and hundred percent this game in about four hours. And be like, yeah, fuck yeah, that was a great afternoon of great platforming. For some reason, Super Mario 3, I'm like, that game's too long for one sitting. And it's probably shorter than Super Mario World. I mean, maybe, I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it is. I think it's probably, like, I think it's probably longer, but there aren't branching, there aren't as many branching paths. No, you're right. And it's harder. I, I find Mario 3 way harder than Super Mario World. Yes, that um, too. So like I, I sat down nice because like you asked me to come on the show. Uh, so a few nights ago, I'm like, I picked up my 3ds. I'm like, oh, let's see how far I can get into this in the evening, and I was able to beat it in two hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it, like, because, but I think that's because like it's in our blood. Like we've both been playing it for 30 years. It's in our blood now, dude. This game probably more than any video game I'll ever play. Uh, I have the muscle memory, like that, like Dino Island, like that first island. I can like almost with my eyes closed, I could run through that fucking. It's not that it's hard; it's not hard at all. But like I've played it so many fucking times, like I almost know where every bad guy is and stuff. And you're right; that probably picks up the speed is the fact that we know the game so well. And another thing that picks up the speed, and you brought this up, is Mario Three is rad. How it's got the eight worlds with eight maps, but those maps are pretty linear. I mean, toward the end, a couple of the worlds, like Pipeland, there's a little bit of room to navigate, but they're pretty linear. Super Mario World, you can it's you can beat that game in probably 15 minutes if you know where to go. I don't know what the world record. I'm gonna look that up. Um, but like, I mean, I, there are different like there are different world records for it. Like, there's a way that you can beat it in the first level if you do like a very specific glitch. Yeah, well, fuck that. I never like. I mean, glitches are fun to watch. Uh, but I never understood. Uh, it says right I here. I don't count that as a speed run. No, to me, Super Mario World, any percent glitchless speed run. This guy has done it in 10 minutes and 55 seconds. That's fucking crazy. This guy did it in under 10 minutes. That's, and I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not saying that the average Joe Blow could pick up this game and bomb through it in 10 minutes. But I mean, like, if you go into the, 
like if you go the fastest route and then get into the back door and or star world, that's the fastest route is the star world. I think you can, uh, you can beat it in probably 20 or 30 minutes. And you could argue that then like in star road, there's a particular part where you have to like, in order, like it's extremely challenging to get through one of the star road levels. If you haven't got all the switch palaces. Oh yeah. The one where you got to fly or where you're like yeah, up in the sky, gotta, the whole like, level. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, like that's a really hard level if you haven't gotten all the switch palaces. I think you could do it. I've never done that it. level makes no but sense like, to you... me because Star World as a whole is like they're easy and fun, and you get these different colored Yoshi's, and it's a funky experiment. And for some reason, they threw in that one level where if you don't have a blue Yoshi and all the switch palaces, you're pretty fucked. Um, and I'm not shitting on it because I, I love every level in this. Well, actually, there's one level in this game I hate. We'll get into that. But for the most part, yeah, like that's one of the things I love about this game is it's like when it came out, it seemed like the biggest, grandest, craziest adventure we'd ever played. And now I'm like, this is an afternoon of comfort food. But I'm, I'm like, that's perfect. One of the criticisms I have of current games is they're too big. And it, 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 it what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, makes me not want to replay them. Do you know what I mean? Like Mario Odyssey oh, on your totally. like on your recommendation because you had said you were replaying Mario Odyssey like a year ago or something, uh, and you were like, and I was like, that's a great idea, and I refired it up and I replayed the whole game and hundred percented it again. I was like, I love this game, but that's like a 50, 60 hour adventure to get every moon in, right? This game, like even hundred percenting it, is like a five hour run if you know what you're doing. That said, when I play Mario Odyssey, I played it again a few weeks ago. And I got to, like, Darker Side of the Moon and everything. But most of the time when I play it, I just play it to beat Bowser. Because, like, I really don't want to put in, uh, like, 50, 60 hours to get to, like, the very end. Yeah, and that's one of the things about, like, not just Super Mario World, but some of those old games is I'm like, not only is it the is it the time commitment it takes to do a complete replay of them, but there's just, like, there are moons in, like, and Mario Odyssey is a great example. There are four or five moons when I restarted or when I started playing it again for the second time where I was like, I've, I'm dreading this fucking moon, like, or this level. Is it too hard or it's fucking boring and it sucks? I, they're literally, Mark, there is literally, with the exception of one level, which I'll get to, there is nothing in Super Mario World that I dread which to me is one of the many things I tip my cap to about it. There's not one level. There's I one into. level. There is one level. And I think we might be thinking the same level. Okay. Just so every time I get to it, I just fucking hate it. Just so we don't tease it anymore. I just want to get that out of the way. Cause that's the literally, I, I want to do the negatives first so we can go into the more of the positives. All and right. The, I have one negative about super Mario world and it's the is fucking, it tubular. Yeah. The one, is that the one where you yeah. have to get the pea balloons? <laughs> Yeah. Yep. That's the one. It's the one level that just, and it doesn't even suck. It just, it's just, if it's, yeah, okay. Like it kind of sucks. I'm just like, why the fuck? I die more times on that level than I do in basically the rest of the game. Yeah. It's, it's like, my thing with that level is it's not even that fun. No, it isn't. It's not fun. And there's not one other level that's like, there's one other level that's like, it's really short, but like, I just think it's badly designed. And it's one of the Star Road levels. And it's the one where you're underwater. And it's just a straight shot from the beginning to the end. Yeah, the, well, to me, that level is salvaged by the fact that that's where you get Blue Yoshi. Yeah, like, it's not, like, 
it doesn't root take away from the given because the rest of the game is so spectacular. Yeah. It's just playing it now. It's just like, this feels like a really bad Mario maker level. Yeah. I guess my big issue with that level is it's frustrating because especially as when I was a kid, uh, I would, I would, you know, spam cause the, the, the blue Yoshi is overpowered as fuck. And as a kid, I would go and get the blue Yoshi anytime I was in trouble. But yeah, like you'd go get him and you'd get him to open his egg and then he'd eat that star that was floating down right away. So he'd automatically grow into a full Yoshi. But then you basically just had to swim forward for like a minute and a half to get out of there with your blue Yoshi. And dude, oh, you know what was so infuriating was when you went to that level to get a blue Yoshi and then you bumped into a fish because you couldn't swim as fast as Yoshi could run, but he only ran like a frame faster than you could swim. And so you basically oh, had yeah. no choice but to very slowly watch that blue dumbass run off that cliff at the end of the level. <laughs> you're just like, and I mean, like, I guess you could start select out, but you're just like in your head, you're like, this is the time I'll catch him if I tap the button really fast. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that level kind of stinks too. It's not nearly as bad as tubular. It doesn't like take away from the rest of the game, really. It's just the one that's just like, oh, this isn't a very well-made level. No. This is like the... This feels like the last level they made, and they're like, we need one more level. And someone's like, uh, fuck it. Uh, just a bunch of fish, I guess. Yeah, so that's okay, because that's something I wanted to point out. Tubular, which if you don't know, is one of the levels you access once you get like complete Star Road and everything. Then you get to go to these like eight bonus levels. And um, I remember unlocking those for the first time and thinking like, these are going to be the hardest levels. And that's really the only one that's hard. Like the rest of them, there's a little bit of challenge to them, but nothing like Tubular. And it fucking drives me crazy because it's you don't platform. You have to get that stupid pea balloon, which always made me laugh as a kid because it looks like he has to fart. And then he like shrinks, <laughs> gets big, shrinks, get big. And when we were kids, we'd always make the fart noise because we were like, oh, he's farting. Like he's letting all the air out. But there's literally no platforming. It's just you get that pea balloon. And then the only goal is to get past all these stupid charging chucks that are in the sky spitting or th- kicking footballs at you. And those puking plants that are spitting the fireballs at you until you get to the next pea balloon. And it's just, I, I don't hate it. run but, out. You yeah, you do. run out of time. Ugh fucking just infuriate like i hate like to me that should have been the last level of the game because it's the hardest level in the game it should have been the last of the eight you beat that one and i want to say it's the second or third of those eight special levels it's it's one of the first couple that you beat i think it's the second one i'm not 100 sure so you beat it and you think like fuck me i have five or six more like this the rest of them are a walk in the park you just have to get past that walking like they're definitely like a they're definitely like a step up challenge wise from like the regular levels. But tubular uh, is but like, like a step up from them. Yeah. Like tubular is like next level shit. Oh. And my problem with tubular is not even that it's necessarily hard, which it is, but it's that it's not fun. It's not fun. Cause you're not playing Mario. You're not running or jumping or anything. It's just, it's like, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a above water swimming level. Like it's just, and there's just nothing... actually one other section in the game that like I play it and I'm just like, man, this is not fun. And that's Larry's Castle, which is the last level before you go to Bowser. How come you don't find that fun? Just because like all of the like riding on the like that one platform that moves and it's more or less just you having to like you oh. just kind of have to like watch the level move with you, like you the chain of, of bricks. Like a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I don't, I see, I don't hate those levels because at least it keeps you on your toes. Because you're always paying yeah, attention, like looking the, for like Wendy's Castle is fun because like there's fire blocks you can like you have to dodge and stuff or like fight like 
those little fire things that would like zoom in and out and like sometimes hit the edge and like bounce off. And so now suddenly you're on this like platform with this fire thing bouncing off the ceiling. Oh, dude, you remember? Cause sometimes you're only like one and a half Mario's from the roof. And sometimes that fireball hits the bottom of the chain and goes away. And sometimes it gets stuck on top. And then when it gets stuck on top, you've got to like, avoid it along that whole top and i don't hate it because I, I i like the challenge but it just it's like the best thing in the world when that fireball doesn't come up and it sucks when it does and i have no idea there might be a way it's to trigger so annoying it. when it does oh fuck yeah i hate it uh well i don't hate it but yeah i get it so that's fair i outside of that like it's so awesome that you thought of tubular as well fuck that level could kiss my ass um, but like, yeah, other than that, that is, that is a hundred percent of the criticism I have of this game. Yeah. I can't think of anything else either. Like even, I mean like, we'll get uh, like, I, yeah, let's get into the good. Cause I fucking adore, like, I don't even know where to start. I love the items. I love the graphics. I love the overworld. I love the bad guys. I love that they made the Koopa kids more fun than they were in the first one. I love the secrets. And I, and quite frankly, I feel like this is one of those games where like with the exception of there's two secrets that. Uh, I did not find forever as a kid. You got to remember a lot of us were playing this back before the internet. I'm sure a lot of our listeners were playing this before the internet. Most of the secrets aren't unfindable. Like there's shit in even Mario three. I never would have found those warp whistles without somebody telling me about them. Like whoever that took me the longest in super Mario world was soda Lake. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So yeah. Cause I would, I would beat the game as a kid. And like, again, like when you go back to those warp whistles, you have to duck on a white brick for four seconds and then you fall down and then you can run through the background. That's some Castlevania two shit. Like where you have to kneel in front of a wall at just the right time for a tornado to come in or whatever. Like I hate games that put these weird obtuse fucking secrets in that you would never just find by accident. And I don't feel like there's a lot of those in super Mario world. There are one or two that are just tricky and you're right. Soda Lake was the one I didn't find that exit forever as a kid and I could not figure out where the fuck that exit is because one of the things I adore about Super Mario World is how they make the levels red if there's a secret exit um, on the overmap. That is fucking... Every video game ever should do that. If there's a secret in your level, do something to tell me there's still a secret in your level. Please, for the love of God. You don't have to tell me where it is or what I'm looking for. Just do something because there's... Dude, there's nothing worse than finishing a game and then finding out you're at like 98% and being like, where the fuck is the something that I'm missing? That well, sucks. The annoying, the annoying thing about Super Mario World, and not even it's not even an annoying thing about Super Mario World. It's just that if you look at the subsequent 2D Mario games they made after this, none of them, like, they're all so, like, straight shot. You do this level, then you do this level, then you do this level, and then there's a boss. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I mean, I like, I mean, I really do like pretty much all of the Mario games. I know the new Super Mario games catch a lot of shit. I like those games. But oh, I, they're great games. They're fun. But, like, they definitely don't, they don't touch Super Mario World. No, Super Mario World. And I World feel is, like that's more of an issue of, like, that's more of a laziness issue on the part of the developers. Because they could, like, they could make another game like this. Yeah, they could. They're just like, no, no, but we have all of our people working on the 3D Mario titles. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. Like, they're a whole different ballgame than the 2D ones. 
But I, I love how, like, again, the, not all the exits in this game are easy to find, but they're all clearly labeled. You're like, okay, I got, I'm missing a couple. I mean, there's a couple of things like ghost houses can be frustrating. And the fact that, you know, one of the things I notice a lot on Reddit and stuff in the retro gaming forums are people are saying they have like 93 or 94 of the 96 exits. And they don't know what they're missing. You have to go through both the regular exit and find the secret exit and all the star levels. And a lot of people forget Which- to do the regular exit. They just do the secret one. Um, which is not really like, which isn't really fun, but like, all right. Yeah, I, I'm fine with it. Like, I get it. But that fucking Soda Lake exit, which it, like, that's the secret where you have to go. That's the one where you sacrifice Yoshi. Yeah, you're on like, or you're on a rope and you have to jump at just the exact right second and sneak behind the tape at the end of the stage. Okay, now just, so, <laughs> to set the stage, in case you can't picture this, as you all know, probably, at the end of every level in Super Mario World, there's the, uh, the, the like, the gate, and the ribbon is going up and down, and you, if you break the ribbon, you get the stars. And in this level, which is the bridge, you get to the exit, but on the other side, and you don't notice it until after you beat the level, and Mario's just doing his slow walk after he sets off the gate, and then you see the arrow signs on the other side of the gate, which you may not even notice, but those are there to tell you like, hey, there's another exit up here. And like Mark said, you can either jump off of this rope at the exact right moment to get past that gate, or if you have Yoshi, then you run off of the edge right before the gate and then jump off him and land on the ground behind that first gate, and then you keep running, and then there's the second one. And I don't care what you say, if you didn't just sacrifice Yoshi, you need to grow up. Okay, because Yoshi's <laughs> you all know my feelings toward Yoshi, and he's I was about there. to say, as a lifelong Yoshi hater, that feel must feel very satisfying. It's for you. so fucking good to jump off that jerk offs, jerk offs. I wasn't sure if I wanted to say that dumbass or that jerk off, so that jerk off. It feels so good to jump. That's what I'm going to call him now. It feels so good to jump off that jerk offs back. And land on the ground and just watch him like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know what? You'll help me again because you're going to go get stuck in another egg in three seconds because you're an idiot. And then I'll go save your <laughs> ass again. But it's so satisfying. And if you're one of the kids that fucking threw the penguin off the cliff in Mario 64, which is every kid that ever played Mario 64, but you're like, oh, you're a piece of shit if you jump off Yoshi's back. Yoshi's in... <laughs> you're a hypocritical sack of shit because Yoshi is an idiot who deserves to be jumped off off of and that little penguin did nothing to anyone other than get stuck in an overrated video game so you fucking <laughs> hypocritical <laughs> i i love that exit so much but i do agree with you you know what's crazy about that level mark is when you you know how when you beat the game it shows you every bad guy like it does that little montage where it shows you all the villains throughout the game and stuff like that oh and like they show you say like i remember the first time i played it there's like a bunch of stuff there i'm like i never saw that mm-hmm I remember the first time I beat the game or one of the first times I beat the game and it shows you there's the bullets where the hand comes out of the, I can't remember their name, but there's like a gloved hand that comes out of like a torpedo uh, head. That's it. And let's go of the torpedo and then it, it flies at you. And I was like, I never saw them. And when you finally find Soda Lake, that's where they all are. And Soda Lake's actually, a, I like that level a lot because I feel like it's very challenging. Like I really like that level. Uh, but I was like, fuck, well, I there love they that are. there's like, that's the only place that those that specific enemy is. And it's like, how crazy is it that they developed this specific enemy for this game and they just put it in one level that's like super hard to find. 
Yeah, it man. just goes to it just goes to speak to how dense this game is. Yeah, that's you know what? That's a great point. One of the things, one of the many things I adore about this game is like there are so many bad guys. It's not just Goombas. You know, I mean, all the standards are there. The Goombas and the Koopa Troopas and the plants, like the piranha plants and stuff like that. The Goombas are but... kind of there. They kind of, they look like berries now. Yeah, I will say, I don't I don't hate them. I'm a much bigger fan of the Goombas you jump on that go flat and die over these, like, stale Goombas that you can't squish, that you jump on and they're like rocks, like they're bombs. I've I never understood that mechanic. Like, I just, I just, it's like, I have played this game more times than probably any game in the history of my video games. And it never feels natural to me to jump on one of these Goombas. And then instead of him just squishing and me being able to get a bounce off of him, I just kind of fall through to the ground and he goes rolling away. That's so obtuse and weird to me. Like, so fuck, I don't get it. And it doesn't really serve a purpose. I can't think of too many instances where you need a Goomba to like beat something, like to throw the Goomba. I don't get it. No, you're right. I've never really thought about that, but you're absolutely right in that they aren't really for anything. Mm-mm. It's not like Koopa shells where it's like, ooh, you won't be able to get past this part if you don't have a Koopa shell. Sure, yeah. Like there's tons of instances. Like that's a Mario staple is that you have to jump on Koopa Troopas and then throw their shells and stuff. But like the Goomba, I just, I never, I would love, uh, <laughs> it's like, oh my God, you, you're like stuck in an elevator with Shigeru Miyamoto. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And it's like, you can ask him anything. What do you want to ask him? Hey, why couldn't we just squish the Goombas in Super Mario World? Like why? <laughs> like the fuck? They're like, they're like rocks painted as Goombas. I don't understand it. I just, so yeah, but like, so I mean, obviously the standards are there, right? But then, like you said, they throw in like, there's the moles, there's fucking the torpedo. I love the torpedo Teds. Another enemy I fucking adore in this game are the angry fish. Uh, the that ones like follow you yeah the ones that are sleeping and, and then if you wake them up then they start chasing you like they're pissed off that you woke them up i they have a weird name they're called like rip van winkles or something yeah like yeah that. i fucking love them and then dude there's one level i can't remember what level it is maybe it's soda lake i don't think it is though uh but there's one level where you're underwater and about like right near the end there's a ton of them sleeping at the top of the level and then there's a charging chuck at the ground and he starts whistling and he wakes up all oh, of those yeah. fish, and then they all get pissed off and start chasing you. I think like, so. It's like not even specifically that there's like like there is a whole bunch of enemies in here, but they find different uses for these enemies all the time. I love like, it. Charging chucks always have a different mechanic every time you come across them. Yeah, they're one of my favorite enemies too, and they're tough. Like they're one of the enemies that actually make this game harder. I mean, even like uh, the first world, the first level in Donut Plains, where you can get a cape for the first time. And it's full of fucking charging chucks that are whipping baseballs at you. And then once you jump on them, they stop throwing baseballs and they just start charging at you. Uh, but they're like, they're, I love the challenge that they present. And I love the fact that you can't just jump on them once to kill them. Um, I think that's fucking like, I, d- dude, there's the, the variation in the bad guys. And there's those fucking green dragons where when they're huge, they're giant. But then when they're little, they're like the little shrimps that run around. And there's the purple dragons. God, I wish I could remember all the names. I should have played it again before we fucking did this. Those purple dragons that are in like the first level and when you jump on them the first time, they get like squished, but they keep running. Oh, yeah. Like I, oh, fuck me. I love this. And like, 
I, I like I, I I'm sorry, I, I've tried to play this game from a perspective of somebody who's only played like Mario three and Mario one, which like I can't because again this is the first Mario game I played. But like I'm thinking about like one of those first levels, like when you go up to when okay the game starts and you have an option of two levels. You can go left, you can go right. If you go left, that's where the yellow switch palace is. Yeah. So you go left, you play that first level, and like ten seconds into this first level, you have a giant bullet coming towards you. Yeah. How hard must that have blown people's minds when this game first came out? That like you're like, oh, here's like some regular old enemies, and then like right off the bat, bang, a giant bullet coming Dude, towards. You. I yes, fuck yes, I that legitimately blew my mind. And you know what that is? And Nintendo is so good at doing that kind of stuff. They'll sneak something into the game early just to make you be like, holy shit. And that was, I I will never forget that. You fucking, at first level, you run in and you jump on a couple of those purple dragons and then you could slide down a hill if you want to or you can just run underneath it. And then there's like a groove and that you hear like that, and that fucking huge bullet bill comes in and you're just like, yeah, I don't, like little like eight or nine year old Adam like lost. That's probably where my eye got fucked up. Cause I was so excited. <laughs> like I was so excited when that bull of bill came in and I was like, wow. And they just took everything from those original games and made it better. And like you said, the bullet bill is a perfect example. Another great example. And that's something else. I think they put it in that level is the way the Koopa Troopas. This was the first time that they would get knocked out of their shells instead of like jumping on a Koopa Troopa and he would just hide in his shell and then you could pick the shell up and run around with it until he like shook and got out of it like you could in Mario 3. And this one, you jump on them and they go flying out and then they're walking around in like their underwear like a wife beater and boxers and they look fucking angry as they're trying to get back in their shell. <laughs> like that's, I remember seeing all that stuff and just be like, wow, because it's just so, uh, the those little details and it's all shit that you're like, I wonder if they wanted to do this in the first game, but they couldn't. I love the Koopa. I will never get tired of watching Koopa Troopas storm around angry because they're not in their shells. I think that's fucking hilarious. And it's one of those things. They just like, because this game not only was trying to sell the give like the concept of the game itself, it was trying to show you like the whole point of this game is it was a giant advertisement for the Super Nintendo. It was look at what this system can do. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Because you've got to remember, too, like, I mean, they were, like, the Sega Genesis had already been out for a couple of years when the and Super Nintendo came out. And it had already been out. talking shit about the Nintendo, uh, yeah, yeah. can do what the Nintendo can't, what, I don't remember. It's Sega they does. can do what the Nintendo can't, yeah. I, I don't remember what the saying was exactly. It's Sega does what Nintendo don't. I fucking, which yes, is a, which is a rad it. slogan. I fucking really like that, but that's, that's a clever slogan. Yeah. But you're right. Like, I mean, as a Nintendo, like, I don't think I'd played a Sega Genesis before I played, uh, before I got my super Nintendo. But even if I had, there's like, there were so many kids out there and I was one of them that had grown up with an NES that were just these Mario, like hook like fucking just full-blown nintendo addicts they love mario all that stuff and even if the sega genesis had come out and they were like hey look at our cool new system with all the crazy shit it could do you give me super mario world and in the first five minutes i've seen koopa troopas running around in their underwear and giant bullet bills flying across the screen and then i know already because yoshi was a huge point in that game the cover is mario with the cape riding yoshi and in the first like first couple levels, when you go to that yellow switch palace, you don't even get the cape or Yoshi. 
And you're still like, wow. And it's like, I can't wait to see what the rest of this fucking game does. Nintendo's really, really clever that way. And they knew, let's just hook them early. If you go to the left, you get to see that giant bullet bill and the Koopa Troopas and you go get the Switch Palace. And if you go to the right, you're going to get Yoshi. Like, ingenious. Fucking great design by Nintendo. Great fucking design. Like, there's no way to get out of those first few levels without seeing something new and impressive. Yeah. And like right off the bat, it establishes, hey, you have options in this game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not like, okay, here's the first level, here's the second level. It's like, no, here you can go left, you can go right. Yeah, I think that was a really clever touch too. Like the way that you I mean, obviously everyone knows now, like you like you said, you go to the you go to the left and you go get that yellow switch palace and get it out of the way. But uh when you yeah, you're right. Like because when we were used to the original even Mario three with its map as cool as the map was, again, it was fairly linear, particularly at the beginning. Like, there was really only one level to go to. And then Super Mario World, like, you can't tell me that that wasn't um, an intentional decision to be, like, right off the gate, you have a choice of which way you're going to go. Like, right out of the gate. And then that only just explodes once you get off of Dinosaur Island and get into the Donut Plains. We're like, dude, literally... And one of the things that's so great too is so you so you beat Dinosaur Island, you fight the first Koopa Kid, and I love the way that the Koopa Kid battles aren't just jump on their head three times while they run around in a closed in room. Like you said, you're in a boat fighting a what did he say? Fighting a, a boat fighting a duck. Right. So the first Koopa fight, you're fighting you're in a boat fighting a duck. When in reality you're on a rocking island in lava fighting a Koopa kid. And it's so cool because you can jump on his head and like and it doesn't matter how many times you jump on his head, it won't kill him. You jump on his head until he either falls back into the lava or you shoot him with fire enough to knock him back into the lava. Um and that's really rad. Then and like what's so cool is you don't even know that the rest of this big world is sitting there. Like you just fight on this little island, you beat them, and then you walk up into the world, and that's when the world opens up, and you're like, "Holy shit!" It was like, in fact, that first uh, that first level in Donut Plains, you can go a completely different direction than the way that it's kind of like prodding you to go. Yeah, like you know what that is? That first level in Donut Plains, when you beat the first castle and you walk up into Donut Plains, that's the le- that's uh, Ocarina of Time when you first walk into Hyrule Field. It's the exact same yes. thing. Oh, absolutely. You walk out it's and you're like, like, oh, I'm in for some shit. Yeah, man. And then like you said, so that first level, so now you see this giant map, you you get, that's when you can get the cape for the first time. Because again, they put Koopa Troopas have the capes. I thought that was so rad too. And the red and yellow flashing ones are the ones you can jump on to get their capes from them. Uh, and we'll get into the cape in a minute because that items fucking badass but then like you said you beat that level and if you get the secret exit now you can go into the water and then the water has a secret exit where you could go to star road or you can keep going up to this ghost house or you go to the left to the next level and then that has a secret exit where you unlock the second switch palace and that's when the fucking wheels just come off and it's like you can pretty well go anywhere you want now if you can figure out how to get there it was as open as a game on the nes uh or on the snes could possibly be at the time i love it like i know that you guys do so many listeners right into the show and they're like the passion that you guys have for these games is so great and i just want like i don't think anyone's gonna think this but like this passion right now is not fake at all like i fuck i love this game and then like you said like it you can go anywhere and the only limitation to where you can go. I mean, there's obviously actual limitations, but in reality, the only limitation is finding those secret exits, which is half of the fun 
is looking for the secret exits and trying to figure out like every pipe. And then the, the inclusion of the cape was such an ingenious fucking item because you could fly in Mario 3, but unless you used a peewee, you could only fly for like five seconds or whatever it was. With that cape, which was a bitch to learn how to use well as a kid. A, like, I don't know about you. Oh, but- yeah. I, yeah, like trying to find, like learn how to do the whole like like the cape swoop thing. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I read that instruction. But here's the thing. What? Go ahead. The thing is, they give you like a section of donut plates that's just for that. For that. It's like this big empty space that has a bunch of coins in it. And basically what that is telling you is like, go figure out the case. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Here's the space. Figure out the case. Which is another thing. Nintendo is just so great at doing. And that's so smart. Like it's not like it's, it's like a, it's like a tutorial level, but it's a fun tutorial level. And I'll tell you, dude, yeah, when it I was, doesn't tell you it's a tutorial level. It's not like now we're going to learn how to use the cape. It's yeah. like, here's a space and here's a cake yeah Uh, whatever happens happens because so many games now and i get the games are a lot more complicated and it's 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 a it's it's a lot harder thing to do now than it would have been back then but like so many games now you get into a new area or you get a new item or something and then they're i don't know like i'm just pulling a a example out of my ass but like you, you get a fucking rope and they're just like all right well hey i bet you that like one of the characters will say to you like i bet that rope would help us get up there and then it's like, hey, throw the rope over there. And like the tutorial shows up on the screen, like telling you how to throw the rope. You know what I mean? Like they really hold your hand. And Nintendo has never really done that. But in this game, it's so clever that you get the cape and then you find this exit or this secret level that is so easy to find. And they're just like, hey, basically just go fuck around. This is a giant airfield full of coins. Learn how to use your fucking cape. And I remember reading that book back to front that instruction manual and it was like once you take off if you pull back then he kind of just like arches back and he'll slowly go down but if you push forward so he swoops like the ground pound toward the ground then push back he'll do that and like go back up in the sky and if you get good at it you can fly across entire levels doing that but god it was hard as a kid it took like the thing I appreciate about that so much is that it wasn't an easy get out of jail free card. No, it, it wasn't. wasn't like the P wing. It was like, no, no, you have to be good. Yeah. Yeah. You can skip this whole level, but you have to get good at this first. Yeah. And, and like in order to get good at that, it probably takes a few playthroughs of the game. Fucking right. Yeah. Fucking rights. It does. That's not an easy thing to do. And Nintendo is like, they really thought ahead and there's a lot of levels where they've either put bad guys in the sky or they've somehow put like a, a ceiling up there. You know what I mean? Like not every level there's levels where you can fly off the camera and stay up in the sky. Well, even the level right after the first donut plane, you're immediately in an underground cave. That's right. So Which it's traps like, you. Hey, rem- it's like, Hey, you need to now learn how to do to play. You, you now need to learn a different skill set to get through this part. Yeah. And I feel like in this game, they really uh, prioritized quality over quantity when it comes to power-ups. Because Mario 3, I mean, there was the mushrooms, the flowers, the leaf, the Tanuki suit, the frog suit, the Hammer Brothers suit. Uh, I think that might be it. Oh, yeah, and then stars, P-wings. Like, there was a lot of different items. And in this game, you go mushroom to flower or cape. You can get a star, and there's Yoshi, and that's it. But like, but those yeah, there's not a ton, but it's used well. Those power ups are so much more versatile and fun to use. And dude, the the inclusion of being able to store a power up at the top of the screen, um, I fucking I love that mechanic. And I it took me forever to fucking realize this as a child that you could hit select and bring that item down. 
So once you oh, get... Oh, really? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, if you hit select at any point, that item will fall. As opposed to like triggering... Oh, no, it no, no, I knew damage. that. I just... <laughs> I knew that. It was like, yeah, I can't remember how long it took for me to oh, learn okay. that either. But like, I don't remember not knowing that. Oh, okay. So you're basically like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God, I wasn't the only dumb one. And you're like, oh my God, you were that dumb. It's you were the dumb one. I was the dumb one. <laughs> but like, but once I figured that out, well, I was like, well then like, unless I know I need a particular, cause I always will take a cape over a flower with the exception of being underwater. I always want a cape over a flower. Um, well, because the cape is also dual purpose. Oh, like, dude. you can just, like, cleave through bad guys with the cape yeah. for some reason. That cape fucking slaps. Um, but, like, once you get good at the game, like, to me, the ideal fucking load-up to head out is being on a Yoshi with a cape and having a flower up in my item box in case I need to switch out. Although the flower is useless as long as you're on Yoshi. Um, and that's another thing is when you have the cape and you're on Yoshi, then you can't do the, like, the real thing where you keep going back up. You can only fly for a little while and then you'll come back down, which I like. Cause otherwise it's like, now I've got Yoshi. I could keep doing this fucking thing. You're basically like, you're just cheating the game at that point. So I like they found that. really good ways to balance it. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. So you mentioned how the cape, like dude, that cape, I remember I posted it on Twitter and, uh, and I, th- I think it was my buddy, Chris, somebody came back at me and said the star and yeah, the star is more powerful than the Cape, but the star only lasts for 20 seconds. That Cape for my money is the most powerful power up that Mario can get his hands on. Uh, because well, and also the thing about the thing about the star is like, it's only useful in select situations. Right. Yeah. If you're at a point where you need to platform, you can have all the fucking stars in the world. They're not going to save you. If you miss a jump, you're fucked. Yeah. Whereas the cape, like, so, I mean, you can fly with the cape. You can spin the cape while you're running, and then that hurts bad guys. And it hurts bad guys in both directions. And, dude, that thing, like, charging chucks, if you spin the cape, you kill them in one swing. And you can kill plants with it, like, while they're still in their pipes if you want to. Like, it's so powerful. the The most handy thing about the cape was being able to slowly land during uh, platform. Challenges. 100%. And that was my favorite thing about the leaf in Mario 3 as well. That's my favorite thing in any platforming game. Anytime I can get a power-up that lets me float to my landing, that is the power-up that you want. That is a godsend. Or it gives you a second to think about, like the hat-throwing spin in uh, Mario Odyssey. Yeah, It's like, exactly. this will give me an extra second to really think about where I'm going to land. Yeah. I really wish they would bring the cape back, but I, I just, it would be a very hard thing to do without overpowering it. Like it really, especially in a 3d title. Yeah. yeah, That's where I was just going to go in a 3d title. I don't know how you use that and not just completely break the game where you can fly wherever you want and stuff like that. But in this game, that cape, it just, it becomes such a, like it's, it's your best friend. It does everything. It kills bad guys. You can fly, you can float, you can do that ground pound thing, which nobody ever really uses, but it's cool that you can do it. Like the Cape does fucking everything. It's the most powerful weapon in the game from again, from a spinning and hurting bad guys point. And it just looks rad. I love the way that Cape looks and flutters behind him. Uh, it's just a little like, minor detail, but it looks so perfect. The fire flower was cool, but like there are certain enemies that the fire flower does nothing for. Yeah, I feel like for as as strong and powerful as the cape is, they really downgraded the power of the flower. Like, there's a lot of bad guys, like you said. There's a lot of fire bad guys. There's an awful lot of levels in this game where you're underground. And I feel like the flower is pretty much useless underground, except against, like, the bats. I fucking hate those little bats. 
Fuck, I hate that. Even then, trying to hit the bat with like a five, you're just better off jumping on it at that point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Or using a cape and then just jumping and spinning around in circles and letting it hit you as it comes close. Like the only real, well, yeah, and if you fucking hit like Koopa Troopas and stuff with the flower, they turn into coins. So you can't even use their shells. Like you, when you shoot a, a Koopa Troopa in his shell with a flower, I love being able to take a shell with me. Cause like I like, cause I mean, as I'm sure you do, everyone that knows how to game holds run pretty well the entire game, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. And if you're holding a shell in front of you, it's kind of like a fail safe, just in case there's a bad guy that comes out of nowhere. He hits the shell first, uh, and usually it kills mm-hmm. him. But if you hit the shell with the flower, then he, he just turns into a useless coin, and you're like, wow, well, for fuck's sakes. Like, outside of That's being underwater. One hundredth of an extra life. Yeah, exactly, right? Which, honestly, you're probably not going to need after... Uh, playing the game for a little while because it gives you so many lives. Um, if you're good at it, it does. Yes. Yeah. Well. Okay. So like you and I will play through the game and we'll end with like 50 lives. But like, if you're like eight and you pick up this game and it's the first game you've ever played, you're gonna game over a lot. Well, the key is to so and I remember this. I don't remember if it was in the instruction manual or if there was like a a pack in with the game, but like. Like one of the most famous tricks, I guess you would call it in this game is that first level in the Enchanted Forest where you can get the flower and then just run through bad guys and chalk up like 30 lives. And uh, yeah, I'm pro like I'm positive. It's like burned it to my brain that with the game, maybe it was in the manual or something. Something came with it to tell you about that secret in particular. And that like, I don't know, like I would say with you, if you don't count stuff like Star Road, and the Enchanted Forest is about halfway through the game, I would say, give or take, because you do the you do Dinosaur Island, that? the Donut Plains, the Vanilla Dome, you cross the bridge, fight Ludwig, and then you fall down into the forest. And like, and so they, and I, and frankly, I feel like there is a little bit of a difficulty spike once you hit the Enchanted Forest. It gets a little harder, and that's when they throw I you all these like, lives. I feel like they're probably like because if you look at that like bridge and the cookie uh, the cookie hill section, yeah, it feels like that was a little underdeveloped. Like they had planned for more levels there, but it was like, well, this game's coming out soon. Uh, we'll just put it out. Just two levels in that world, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah, they really just because you fight. Yeah, you fight like the third castle, and then you fight literally two levels, and then you're in the fourth castle. You're right. They really just, you know, to me, it felt like they forgot. Maybe like the they forgot Ludwig. Like they finished the game, and then they were like, "All right," and then they were like, "Hey, where's the seventh castle?" And then like, "Well, it." Oh fuck! So then they well, kind of just see, snuck the it thing in. Thing about that is, uh, excuse me for a second. Yeah, and then the Simpsons. Oh, good time was had by all. <laughs> The Simpsons thing where they run out the door and a second later you hear the door slam and the car take off. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> so they kind of snuck it in there. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, look, we've all been there. You're on your computer. You're plugging away at a project or a video or a podcast. And then somehow you lose your work. The computer crashes. You drop your phone on the delete key. Your hard drive isn't terraformed or whatever it is. Hey, lightning strikes the transmitter. doesn't matter. Bottom line, your work is gone and it's devastating which is why you need backup, literally, in the form of CrashPlan. They're offering a free trial of their computer backup services and some special deals, all for the hot dogs at CrashPlan.com RTG. CrashPlan is the ultimate computer backup service. Whether you're just a solo internet renegade like myself, or you run a business with a bunch of people all click-clacking away, CrashPlan hangs out in the background while you work, and every 15 minutes, they encrypt and backup all the files on your computer that have changed in that time. So if 
your computer decides to jerk you around, and they do, and you lose your work, a backup is waiting for you. And it's not a backup from yesterday, it's a backup from the last 15 minutes. Come on now, that's... It's pretty sweet. And not only are they saving the most recent versions of your work, they can back up unlimited versions of your work. So it's like a rewind button. Realize you screwed something up an hour ago? Just rewind an hour, go find an old version of it, and you're just like that. You're done. You're back to the races. It's awesome. Time is money. Don't waste your day redoing your work in a rage-filled stupor if something goes wrong. Check out Crash Plan, invest in a safety net, and save yourself a ton of time and stress when your computer decides not to play nice. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Go to CrashPlan.com RTG to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited-time buy-one-get-one offers for Remember the Game listeners. That's CrashPlan.com RTG. Back up better with Crash Plan. Another thing I fucking, like, I already mentioned it a little bit, but, like, because I'm a huge Koopa Kids fan. Like, it Bowser Jr. fucking sucks, Mark. He sucks. Does anybody like Bowser Jr.? Do you? Uh, I've got nothing against Bowser Jr., but, like, it doesn't... Like, I, I don't... I'm, I'm definitely not part of the fan club, for sure. I don't get it. Like, you fucking... It couldn't have been cheap. It certainly had to have been time-consuming to develop these seven Koopa kids, give them all names. They were worked into the second cartoon show. They were awesome. Like, I remember I used to trace them out of the Mario 3 instruction manual because I thought they were so cool. Like, that Koopa, that Bowser, these seven kids. And they were all a little bit distinct from each other. Like, they all looked different. And then in Super Mario World, like, I thought it was so rad that you got to see these seven kids, like, more developed. Although it bugs me that they fucked up some of their designs. Like, I don't understand how Ludwig doesn't have his blue hair. He's got, like, white hair instead. And, like, and same thing with Larry. Like, I always thought Larry had blue hair in the in the pictures and stuff. But in this one, he has white hair. Uh, but, but that's minor. But, like, they made these seven kids. They're all awesome. I love the boss fights in this game. And then they fucking invent, like, and then in Mario 64, they're not around. And that's okay. I get it. Because Mario 64, they were trying different stuff. But then in Mario Sunshine, they introduced Dickhead Bowser Jr. And then it just felt like the Koopa kids kind of fell to the side and Bowser Jr. became the guy. And it was like, like I hate like him. The, the, the Koopa kids have never been in a 3D Mario game. And no. I would love to see them in a 3D Mario game. Me too. I and don't like, get it. Like I would have liked to see it in Odyssey. And like don't get me wrong, I liked the Brutals. I liked that they introduced something new as the secondary villain. And they didn't just reuse Bowser Jr. and then like but like where were the I feel like I'm I'm rambling a little bit, but I feel like the Koopa kids would have fit in really well in the Odyssey game or the uh Galaxy game. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I don't like they they do next to nothing with them. They put them in Mario Kart, which is rad. And then they kind of got snuck into Smash Brothers as alternate costumes for Bowser Jr. And I'm not saying that all seven kids should have been different characters in, in, in Smash Brothers. I actually think that's about the best way you could have done it is to make them all alternate skins for Bowser Jr. But like, I just, mm-hmm. I really adore the concept of these seven kids and the way they all look different. And I love the boss fights in this game. Cause like you said, like when you fight uh, Larry or when you fight Iggy, they're on the floating, they're in the boat. And they're the ducks. Like, and you fight them like over top of the lava. Uh, I love Morton and, and Roy are kind of the two lame fights where they're in those walls that close in on you because you can literally jump on them three times before they even get to the first wall. Dude, you- and like, and I I don't remember the last time that didn't happen. Yeah. For me. 
So to me, those two fights suck because that's basically the Super Mario 3 fights against the Koopa kids. And then Ludwig gets his own fight, which is kind of cool. He's in that giant room and he's spitting the fire at you and then rolling around in his shell and doing like the flips and stuff. But to me- And it's the only one like that. Yeah, and he gets his own distinct boss fight. And then to me, the best boss fights in the game are Lemmy and Wendy where they're in the pipes and every time they pop their head out of one of the pipes, there's the two clearly made, like- like horribly made like fake versions of them um and i thought that was a really clever touch where like their hands are just like clear like they look like scarecrow versions of the koopa kids and your first instinct is like and if you're close to one of them like i jump on them still to this day if i'm close to one of them when they pop out of the pipe um i think those are you don't know where where, you don't know where the real one's gonna pop up and i think yeah i think that's a very creative way to do those boss fights because it does, like, especially the one where there's, like, fire, like, those two fireballs bouncing around. Because it creates a sense of urgency in the fight. Yeah. Yeah, I fucking love those fights. And then you throw in, there's additional fights, like, there's when you fight the giant boo, and you're um, on the blue bricks, and you have to throw them up into the giant boo. And then there's, like... Or all the, the Resners. Yeah, I was just going to say the Resner fights. Like, I really... The key to those Resner fights are to get rid of two or three of them before the platforms start disappearing. You got to get rid of them fast. You know those are actually named after Trent Resner from Nine Inch Nails? I've always wondered that. Is that true? Yeah, they, like, named all of the, like, bosses after musicians. Oh, that's... Oh, I like that. So all the Koopa kids are named after musicians of some sort. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, Ludwig even looks like fucking... That music, yeah, that does make sense. But you're right, yeah. Like the Resner fights are fucking rad. Um, I'm tr- like I'm glad there's no shitty Boom Boom. I would have liked to have seen Boom Boom come back, but his fights are hella lame and boring. So I can live with him not being there. Um, yeah. And then I actually I think that to to date this is the best Bowser fight. Like I mean th- this like the Bowser fight in this game got trumped by the end boss in Yoshi's Island. Which, for my money, is still the best Bowser battle of all time. Where he grows. How does that one go? Oh, fuck me. Dude, he's like giant and he's way off in the distance and he's slowly walking towards you and this killer, like, rock music's playing and you have to throw these giant eggs way off into the distance and hit him as he's walking toward you. Look it up. It's a fucking. It's a wicked boss fight. But it's the boss been a very long time since I've played that game. That's a, that's a great game, too. As much as I shit on Yoshi, Yoshi's Island is a fucking phenomenal game. Um, but the Bowser fight in this one introduces the clown cloud, which becomes like a staple of the series. And I really like it. I, the boss fight's really not that creative or even that hard, but I love that he's in that fucking giant cloud. He looks cool. I love that peach keeps popping up. Like she's in the clown cloud and she's throwing mushrooms to you and screaming help. Like it's fuck. I love, fuck. I love this. I I kind of like that. The screen kind of goes blank. Like the whole game you're like, score and your live count is at the top of the screen at this point like at this point of the game it's like we're turning all that off it's just you and bowser now yeah dude yes that gets so epic when the score and everything is gone it really puts you in the moment where you're like you're up on the sky and you hear like the thunder and lightning going off and the music gets intense i know you guys if you're just for the record if you guys are listening to this i know you could probably hear a little echo of me uh there's nothing i can do about that i don't know why that's happening so i'm sorry but, uh, but yeah, you're right. Uh, the way they get rid of the HUD and make it like a real intense boss fight, the only thing that shows up up top is your extra item, if you have one. Yeah. Which I kind of wish wasn't there, but it doesn't ruin the effect or anything like that. Um, and then it just, 
like I, I could go on about this game for like two more hours, but uh, <laughs> it's like and, I think we both could. Yeah, like the amount of variation. We both were, We could both write like a PhD thesis about this. Game. Yeah, absolutely. Like the amount of variety in the levels. Like you're some levels you're just on the ground, and then some levels you're underground. Some levels you're in the sky. Some levels you're on bridges. You're underwater. You're in ice levels. I love that when you're in cave levels, you hear the echo. Like that's such a little yeah. thing. But like when you kick a shell, oh, yeah, you hear totally. it, or when you spin your cape, you hear it. That's a just and one also of those the music things. always fits in the level exactly. Yeah. Oh, the music in this game is so fucking good, man. Everything. Fuck, and, I adore this game. And like most of the music is just a variation of the main theme, but it still works so well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. It. It. Like and and like another thing they do really well is that there's only a few levels that are really run from left to right. Like between going up and down or, or backwards sometimes or like hidden maps or even just the like jumping and the variety. Like it's never, it doesn't really feel like outside of maybe dinosaur Island to start the game. The levels don't feel the same. Do you know what I mean? And dinosaur Island is kind of just there to get you accustomed to how the game. Yeah. It's like your tutorial level. So, and I love the way the, the over map change, the overworld, the map changes as you unlock stuff. Like when you're in vanilla dome, if you go up top to go across that bridge to that fortress to fight Reznor, then that bridge shows up and then you see that bridge for the rest of the game. You know what I mean? And when you destroy a fortress, the fortress crumbles. And like when you beat Ludwig right before the enchanted forest, there's that little animation where like the castle explodes and then you see that damage fall on that cactus thing in the background, and then it puts a Band-Aid on its head. And then for the rest of the game, that cactus has the Band-Aid on its head on oh, the yeah. actual There's map. Totally, like, your actions feel like they have consequences in the world, and that's what's so interesting about this game. Yeah, I, to this day, I think... Oh, I mean, you guys know I think this is the best Mario game ever made. But, like, I think this is the best overworld in any Mario game ever. Like, it's just so it's so bright and colorful and animated and each world feels different, but they all feel like legitimately connected. Like they never feel like they shouldn't be connected. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, yeah, I exactly, I know exactly what you mean. It all, it feels so like, it feels kind of like a real space. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Um, and then another thing, dude, <laughs> we're at an hour already. We're going to stop soon guys. I promise. Well, maybe you guys don't care, but like Mark probably has a life. I kind of have a life. Um, to unlock Bowser, to unlock the Valley of Bowser, which oh, I fucking love the music in Valley of Bowser like that. I'm not even going to try to do it, but I love that music. But the last level be- You're the musician of the group, is that. Right before you go in there, you have to go through that ghost ship. And I actually just recently read something that I never thought of. And they're like, that ghost ship could be a crashed airship from Mario 3. Yeah, because you go inside it, it looks exactly like an airship. Yeah, and then and I love that it's full of ghosts, like it really is haunted and everything. And then when you fall to the bottom of that like cavern, there's the question mark in the circle, which is what Boom Boom always dropped in Mario Three. Yeah, and there's no other instance in this game where like you find one of those circles and it ends the level. Yeah. I thought that was so dope. And then you get that circle and then it comes back to the main map and that like super dramatic music plays and then Bowser's head like rises out of those rocks and you walk in and then you're in the Valley of Bowser. And another thing that's fucking rad is way back in Donut Plains, you can go into that one pipe where you can see the Valley of Bowser. You're up on that cliff and you just play that one level. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like you can't get to it, but you can 
see it. Yeah. And I remember finding that as a kid and just being like, oh, because Bowser's castle is so cool because it's big. And you see Bowser flying in the sky behind the castle. And there's and there's like the bright neon sign that says Bowser like flashing on his castle, which is like so stupid and obtuse. But like, I feel like that was the, like, I feel like this was the first game where they started to give Bowser almost like a little bit of a sense of humor. Like, for, you know what I mean? Like, they made him a little silly. He has his clown cloud, car, cloud thing, and he's got his... He like, has, like, a big tower with his name on it. He yeah. has goofy hair. He's in, later in games, charge of things that he shouldn't be in charge of. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> in later games, like he someone really else does... someone else in 2020, but all right. Yeah. Like, he becomes kind of funny in the later games, and this is, like, the first time where he's not just the big, scary dragon at the end of the castle. Like, they give him a little bit of attitude... And I, I thought that was fucking hilarious. I also love, dude, when you're in his castle, that last stretch before you fight him, where that you just have like that spotlight. Yeah, there's um, no other section like that in the game. Like no. this game is throwing new things at you right up to the end. It's so inventive. I feel like one of the major criticisms that I will get on board with when it comes to the new Super Mario Brothers series is I think those games are a lot of fun. Uh, but they're just not as creative as Super Mario World was. Like, they feel no, very No, not even dry. close. Like, this game was just... But, I mean, they've never counted on the new Super Mario Brothers games selling a console like they were banking on Super Mario World selling people on the Super Nintendo. Because you got to remember, too, the Super Nintendo was, Mario, was Nintendo's second like home console. So there was a ton of... Fan, I know my parents were like this for a while. There were probably a ton of parents that were like, you already have a Nintendo. And it was like, yeah, but look at this is the new Nintendo. And it was like, you don't need that. And like, it was called the Super Nintendo. And they really had to show people like, these are super versions of the games that you've already been playing on your original Nintendo. And like, you take, I mean, forget the original Super Mario Brothers. Take Mario 3 and put it beside Super Mario World. And it really does feel like a super version of this game, like of Mario 3. Like, it really feels like, no, you know, pay for the upgrade, you get a way better version of that game. Do you know what I mean? Well, and even, like, if you compare it to even games that are coming out now, it's about as dense as, like, maybe not Mario Odyssey, but it's, like, easily as dense as, the like, Mario 3D World or Mario, like, Galaxy. Like, this game really holds its own and is aged better than most games that I can think of. Yeah, I feel like this game, I mean, retro, one of the hardest things about doing this podcast, one of the hardest things about being a retro gamer, period, is that some of the games that you loved as a kid just haven't aged that well and they're harder to play now. And I really feel like that became an issue once we got into 3D. Like I've said it many times, the 64 and the PS1 have had the hardest time aging of any system for my money. But like this game has aged... And not just this game, a lot of Super Nintendo games, and frankly, a lot of Sega Genesis games as well. Uh, they have aged so well. And this game, like, I feel like you could be a diehard gamer that's played through this game a million times and pick it up and play it and have a good time. You could never have played a video game and pick this up. And you may not beat it or unlock it all right away, but you could have fun and understand what you're doing pretty quick. Oh, absolutely. Oh. Like, And it just yeah, looks like a cartoon. It, 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 and it does, and it's like it's a future-proof game because it was the last, like I've said it a million times, the Super Nintendo was great because it was the last 
strictly two-dimensional console. Yeah. Whereas, like, the N64 didn't age as well because it was the first 3D one. So, yeah. like, the SNES was the height of 2D gaming. Yeah, yeah. The Nintendo 64 is, like, the fucking Atari of 3D. Like, it was the first... Like, I get it. It was... I under, Like, I, I know I give it a lot of shit, but I understand it. But uh, this game, you're right. Like, this was... They had perfected 2D gaming with these games. I like. I mean, I love a lot of modern indie games, and I like a lot of, frankly, just like. I mean, when I think of 2D platformers that have come out in the last few years, like I love Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. I love the new Super Mario Brothers games, but I, I just if we're talking like the Messenger or Celeste. Door. Yeah, the Messenger, Celeste, Shovel Knight, like Dead Cells. There's so many indie Rayman. games that come out. Yeah, Rayman is great. None yeah. of them to me can stay like Super Mario World is just more fun. And I guess part of it is that I like I like that I know where everything is and I like that it's it's comfort food. Like it's muscle memory. I could turn my brain off and just enjoy this game. And I do feel like I give it bonus points because of the nostalgic ties I have to it and the great memories I have of it growing up. But I'm like, this is to me, video games just don't get better or funner than Super Mario World. It's just the It's perfect... one of those things where you're having a bad week, you just turn on Super Mario, and it, and it makes things better. Funny side, funny sidebar. Uh, so for those of you who don't... So the, for those of you who don't know, uh, Adam's a stand, and Adam and I are both stand-up comics. I used to work at a comedy club here in Edmonton, and there, there, you, there's a thing you have to do when you uh, when a performer is getting close to the end of the, their time. You have to flash a light at them just to let them know you have a few minutes left. So one night, I brought my 3DS to work, and I was playing <laughs> Super Mario World. And I like the guy who went on first. I like I flashed him when his time went up, and he brought up Adam, and I forgot to turn off the timer. And so like I was playing, I was playing Super Mario World. I took a look down. I saw, oh, Adam's at 17 minutes when he'd been on stage for like maybe three. And I'm like, all right, time to light him. And Adam immediately was like, what the fuck is going on? And it was all because of Super Mario. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fucking, so I ended up coming off, like I ignored that light because I was like, Mark's wrong. I know how much time. I still have to do like 15 more minutes of my set. <laughs> and then like two minutes later, Mark not only hits me with the light again, but he flashes it like click, 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 which is basically comic speak of being like, dude, like get off the stage. You're done. And so I was like, okay. So I was like, all right, well guys, thanks a lot. Good night. And I'd done like six minutes of a 20 minute set. I came off stage and I remember the headliner in the back being like, dude, what the fuck? And I was like, I don't know. I got to go talk to Mark. And by the time I got back to the sound booth where Mark is, Mark had realized what he had done. And he's like, I'm sorry. I was playing super Mario world. And I forgot to start your timer (laughs) over. And part of me was like, you fucking jackass. But another part of me was like, the manager didn't care. Nobody got mad at me. I wasn't really having that good a set anyway. And I was like, well, to be fair, he was playing super Mario world. So that's, I, that's a great, I forgot all about that. That's a great fucking story. I'm going to bring that up because I'm at that club tonight. So I'm going to fucking yeah, bring that. Yeah, so am I. Yeah, I'll bring, bring in that story up tonight. That's fun. <laughs> I mean, dude, we could still talk about the different colored Yoshis. We could talk about the rest of the secret worlds. I love that when you go into the castles, you can hold on to the fences and the Koopa Troopas are on the other side and you can punch them through the fence. I thought that was like the coolest thing when I was a kid. There's that fucking timed That's- level on Chocolate Island where based on how long it takes you to finish it, you get different exits. Um, we could go on forever, but we're already in an hour There's and 10 minutes. So much. Yeah, there's just so much to this game. It's insane. I really, when we came up with the idea of remastering some of these games, they weren't at all slights, as I've said before. I'll probably have said it in the intro. 
against the first guest. I hated it for myself. Mark, you're a comedian as well. You know that if you listen to your stand-up from two years ago and then listen to your stand-up now, that set from two years ago, you're going to find all the things you hate about it because you've gotten better yeah. over two years. And I feel the same way with the podcast. And it's always bothered me that anytime someone discovered the show, a lot of people go back to the first episode and start from the beginning. And it's always bothered me that they're going to hear this game and hear that episode and just, I don't have any energy. I feel like I'm reading out of a phone book. I feel bad for my guest, which was Chris, because I just sound so monotone and, and boring. And I'm like, dude, this is one of the greatest, this is my favorite video game ever. This game deserves love and respect. It's the reason this podcast exists. And I'm so glad that we spent an hour and 10 minutes jerking each other off talking about Super Mario World because it finally has gotten the love. That it deserves. And we could easily do another hour 10. Yeah. And on ep- so this is episode 105. On episode 210, we'll talk about the rest of Super Mario World. <laughs> um, let's score this thing and wrap it up because I'm going to lose my voice and I have shows tonight. Uh, Mark, yeah. there's 96 exits in Super Mario World, which, uh, which is just quickly. I've always found odd why they didn't just put in four more somewhere and go to 100. But I digress. I mean, that's still four more levels they'd have to design, I suppose. You, but any either way, there's 96 exits in this world or in this game. How many exits would you give Super Mario World out of 96? And you don't feel an obligation 94. to give a perfect score. 94. 94. All right. So does it lose a point for tubular? It lost a point for tubular and the one star road or the one star world level that wasn't really interesting. That's fair. Uh, I mean, you guys know it, it feels so fucking good. It gets a perfect, it gets a perfect 96 out of 96. There have been a couple of games we've talked about on the show where I have desperately wanted to give them a perfect score. And I just, I'm like, no fucking super Mario world is the only one someday. I will probably go back on that and give something else a perfect score, but I just really want to make it special and make it count. God damn. This felt good. Mark, uh, I hope you get into the hall of fame someday, dude, cause you've worked really hard for it. <laughs> Uh, thanks for doing this buddy I'm glad we, we paid Super Mario World it's due and I appreciate you taking an hour and 10 minutes of your day to talk to me about a 29 year old video game dude thank you for having me cheers buddy done and that's gonna do it for this week's episode mark thank you for taking so much time out of your schedule to talk super mario world with me and every single one of you guys thank you so much for listening whether you've been listening since the first time we covered super mario or you just jumped in now i don't care thanks a lot for being part of the team if you're enjoying what we do if you're enjoying the content enjoying the podcast please consider supporting us on Patreon. It's only $2. It really helps me out. You get an extra show every week. A ton of old shows are there. You get a shout out. You get to vote. You get a bunch of stuff. Uh, Find us on social media too. We follow back. That can really help us out a lot. You'll get a new follower on Twitter or Instagram. We're at memberthegame, facebook.com slash rememberthegame or youtube.com slash rememberthegame. And then just tell a friend about the show. If you can't afford to sign up, that's all I'm asking. Just tell somebody else about the show. Let's grow this thing. Let's take over the retro gaming world. And then don't forget to wash your hands, clean your controllers, look out for giant bugs, don't breathe on each other, wear your mask and all that other crap that you're supposed to be doing to stay safe right now. Thanks for listening, you guys. And I will talk to you again next week or Sunday if you're a Patreon supporter. Cheers.
Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons, and I'd like to take a moment to thank every person that has supported our show for only $2 a month at patreon.com slash rememberthegame, just like you can. So a massive thank you to Aaron Cuphall, Adam Anderson, Alex, Alex Martinez, Andre, Andrew Castro, Andrew Halepchuk, Andrew Wright, Andy Baker, April Sane, Batter Barhumi, oh fuck, I'm going to get that wrong so every time, Ben Bulyu, Ben Busha, Ben Drinkin, Brandon O'Brien, Brian McKay, Bullfrog, Charlie M, Chris Flurry, Chris Wilson, Corey, Crash Bandiquitit, Dan T, Dave L, Dave McG, Dave Thompson, Desert Tortoise, Duhow, Doug Dorn, Dustin L, Dylan, Eric Cannard, Evan Refuse, Fraser Burns, Gary C, Jin and Chris, James Clark, Jason Adams, Jason Cortez, Jeffrey Mathis, Joe Buck, Joe Gillespie, Joe Mack, Jordan, Josh Morgan, Josh from Press Start to Join Podcast, Kate Roberts, Casey Rarick, Keegan Wilson, Kevin Donlin, Kevin Hufford, Cryptovix, Cryptovox, Kyle Paul, Lane Orr, Lord Egbert, Luca, Mackenzie Wheeler, Mark McHugh, Mark 209, Matt Brown, Michael Mathis, The Movie Epidemic Podcast, Nathan W., Nick Sills, No Juan Cares, OLMF, Rex, Robert uh, Fusha, Robert L., Rome 21, Scott V., Sean Razine, Sharonic, Slick Rick, Stupid Monkey, The Bevins Girls, The Matthews Kids, Todd O., Tony, Tyler, Vladstein, Chris Campbell, Craig Kilcup, and Curtis White. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. I'll talk to you guys on Sunday on Expansion Pass. Cheers. (laughs) 